I definitely have a word that's been percolating in my heart, like a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> I run the percolators in hospitality, so that word means a lot to me. I have a word percolating in my heart for all of you guys tonight, and I'm, I'm super excited to be here, and I just feel like it's going to be really fun. Um, we're going to keep it super simple. A lot of times that's the best thing for us, you know? New revelations are really good, but sometimes just the really, really simple things are really good reminders. So, Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for this opportunity to be here and partake of what you're doing in the kingdom. We're thankful for this house. We're thankful for this building to be able to gather. We don't ever take that for granted, Lord. We're thankful for this building. We're thankful for these chairs. We're thankful for this sound equipment, these lights, this electricity. God, we're so thankful for this opportunity to be together as a church family and just seek your face and see what it is that you have to say to us, Lord. I'm thanking you for hunger tonight. I'm thanking you for just a fresh wind of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. I also just wanted to start by saying, Hello to the pastors. I know that they're watching. Um, I just, you know, wanted to honor them and thank them for this opportunity to be here tonight. They are amazing, and I don't tell them enough how thankful I am to have them as my leaders. They're amazing. I've known them for 10 years of my life, and they are very genuine people. They love God. They are extremely supportive. They are probably the most tender-hearted people I've ever met in my life, and that's a really good sign. If you need to know who to follow, look for leaders who have tender hearts and who love God because they will never lead you astray. So thank you to them. We miss you. We can't wait till you're back on Sunday with us. We hope you're having an amazing time. So like I said, I'm going to keep it super simple. I'm like super excited to be here with you guys. <laughs> like, I'm praise the Lord. I'm not nervous. Like, I... A lot of people are nervous to public speak, but I'm actually just really excited to be here with you guys. It's probably because people have been praying for me, and so I'm, I'm in, the, in the zone of grace right now. <laughs> so like I said, we're going to keep it simple. Um, over the past 10 years, I've learned a little bit about freedom and what that means and how to walk in that, and so we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about freedom and how to get on the path to walking out freedom and my tagline is, it feels good to be free. <laughs> I was like trying to be like Pastor Alex and like think of a really cool title. So it feels good to be free. That's our title tonight. Um, just on a funny side note, you know, we're praying in a move of God. Yeah. And it's cool because Pastor Tina, this is something she's taught a lot of us is to like always be looking for like, you know, answers to prayer. Like, you know, to really acknowledge when something is God or when you see something, you know, just acknowledge that it's God because it encourages us in our prayer and our prayers for a move of God and our prayers for revival. So I was texting my brother, who is Jason right there. I text him on Sunday and I'm like, revival is here because in case you didn't know, Chick-fil-A is coming to Buffalo. <laughs> it has been confirmed. They are, you can Google it, they're actively looking out spots right now in the Buffalo area. So hey, I'm taking that as an answer to prayer, okay? <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so it's good. Yes, Lord. I've been, I've been believing for that for a while, and I'm also believing for Starbucks to come to Fort Erie. So yeah. Okay, so it feels good to be free. Um, we're going to talk about just three simple steps of over the past 10 years of my life, what I have learned. So the 10-year journey, I'm going to wrap up into three points. So there's going to be power behind it because I've lived this. So we're going to start in the Amplified Bible, John 8, 36. I don't, it's okay if we don't have Amplified on here, who's ever in the, in the AV room. I'm going to read it to you, though. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. Isn't that good? Unquestionably free. Um, I have notes, but I'm going to just kind of flow. When I first started coming to Victory, that was like what I needed. I really needed to learn how to be free. Because a lot of times we can be very like inhibited. Is that the word? Like, you know, you're just like not sure of yourself or you maybe you don't like yourself or all those things, those thoughts. And that's not fun. Like it's no. really not fun to compare yourself to people and not feel good about who you are and not know yourself. So that's, it's just been something that I've really needed is freedom. And so, yeah, when the sun makes you free, you are unquestionably free. Um, the message translation says, when the sun makes you free, you are free through and through. The NIV translation says, if the sun makes you free, you are truly free. So let's get into the three steps to walking out this kind of freedom. I have like really old school notes. I don't do things digitally. I like need to write them out. It's probably because I like my handwriting. <laughs> it's really girly. <laughs> Pastor Jess is my number one fan. She always comments on it. Okay, so step number one is to fall in love with God. I was listening to a teaching the other day because God, like, it's a new season. Yeah. It really is. If you're really, if you're pressing into God right now, you're going to be feeling that. And it's definitely been a shift since the beginning of the year, but also from the conference. There's been whatever um, Minister Blake, Pastor Blake, released prophet Blake what he released over us as as a house was really just the uh, more of a completion of what God is doing in right. the new season and so God's been just really doing a, a work in my heart of hunger and just passion for God again you know in a new way it's like n there's no striving in it right now it's like very like rest there's a rest right now that's what I've been experiencing and so I was, like I said, I was listening to a teaching the other day um, on YouTube of this man who runs in a circle with Daniel Kalenda. And so um, I was listening to this series about intimacy with God, and he was saying that when you have a heart inside of a Christian who is unsatisfied with God, it is an idol factory. So that's a lot of the times why we see Christians not really living out the fullness of Christianity yeah. is because we're not satisfied with God. And so step number one, like I said, is to fall in love with God and to really develop intimacy with him and learn his voice. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about how to do that. This is what I've learned. <laughs> okay, so um, like I said, I've been around Victory for 10 years. 
And I could say I've seen some people come and go over the past 10 years. And the number one, I want to say, staying power inside of Christianity is to love God with all of your heart. And we have leaders who do that, and they show us how to walk in that. So it's really amazing. Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's the NIV. You don't have to have it up there. I'm just going to read them. The message translation says, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. So let's put that into modern day language. The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will most want to be and end up being. So this is something actually that marked my life that Pastor Tina said years ago. You know how people just say things and they stick with you? It can be like one little sentence or something. And she said this probably like eight years ago. She said, where you put your attention, your desire will follow. And so a lot of the times there is a discipline in I want to say, stewarding our love for God in our heart. In the beginning, when you first meet the Lord, I grew up in a Christian home, but there was, when I devoted my life to this house, there was a new level of love for God that I experienced just because there's just so much presence of God and word of God in this house that like if you if you come into this house and you don't experience revival like you might have a hard heart <laughs> like I'm just saying <laughs> there's so much presence of God in this house and so um just come talk to me after there's freedom for you <laughs> okay so um like I said what was I saying <laughs> oh stewarding the love of God in our heart okay so um yeah we are stewards of the love of God a love for God in our heart. And so, like I said in the beginning, when you first encounter the Lord, a lot of it is just like they say a honeymoon phase where it's just like anywhere you go, everything you do, you're just like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Like you don't even need to really be reading your Bible or spending time with him. You're just like in love with him because he's just, you know, pouring out his his grace on you. And, and it, it's a, it's a, a sh- not, I don't want to say short season, but it's a, a season that expires that if you don't learn the discipline of how to seek the face of God, your love for God kind of might like, or your passion for God can weigh down. And so there there is a discipline in learning how to put our attention on God, and that keeps the fire of God alive in our hearts. So where you put your attention, your heart, your, your desires will follow. Um, like I said, intimacy with God is the only real true staying power inside of Christianity. And um, yeah, it's, it's very important. And it's really important to make intimacy with God the number one like priority of our life right, right. through every season. Because there's going to be seasons where it's just you're naturally going to have a lot of free time to spend with God, like me. Like I don't have kids. I got a lot of free time. <laughs> All you moms are like, just wait. But like, it's, I have a lot of free time and I spend a lot of time with God. And when you, you know, go through every season of life and you eventually have kids or you have a business, it can be anything. It's not just kids or business. It's whether maybe you're in school or becoming a doctor or anything like that. Like, we just have to make sure that in our relationship, our personal relationship with God is the most important thing in our life the number one priority of our life. And that's how we stay on fire for Jesus. Yeah. 
I just want to read a couple more scriptures to you. This is one of my all-time favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 13. In the Amplified, I'll read it to you. It says, With a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And then you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found by you. So there's different levels of Christianity that you can have. And we're kind of the ones who decide how much of God we get in our life. And so if you want to be like on fire for God your whole life, like we have amazing leaders, they're just great examples of what it means to just stay on fire for God. Like to be on fire for God for what, 30 something years they've been on fire, like, like no backsliding, like on fire for God. There's, it's just a great example. And so there's obviously a lot of focus that it requires to be on fire for God. And this is something that I'm really even learning more in my life right now is that you can, you know, be in church a lot and not necessarily like passionately burning for God. So just because you're in church a lot, you know, vacuuming rugs and <laughs> being in Antioch and serving coffee, like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that we're on fire for God, nor does that necessarily feed our, our hunger for God. It's more just an expression of love when we serve. It's an expression of love for God and his people um, that comes out of a place of hunger for God. So moving on, we are going to talk a little bit more about this step for one more page. <laughs> so get to know him and, and experience his presence. Oh, one more point I, I wanted to touch on under step number one, fall in love with God, is wasn't Miss Emma amazing in worship? Yeah. Like, God is so good because he's really raising up, like, so many people in this ministry where the pastors can leave and we can still experience the presence of God. So good job, Miss Emma. It was really, really great. Um, I just wanted to touch on worship for a second because in a corporate setting, well, let me back up a second. The word of God says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves. That is found in Hebrews something. It's not on this page, but <laughs> it's in Hebrews. Just Google it. <laughs> and it says do not forsake the assembling of yourselves because in assembling there is instruction and strength that's what the word says instruction and strength and so when you're when you're learning how to develop your relationship and your intimacy with God a lot of times God tells us to come together because there's going to be strength that feeds you in the corporate anointing and so talking on worship when I first started coming around to victory um worships worship was like life-changing for me. I, I had never really been in worship that was like that powerful. And, you know, just to comment on that, like we have probably, I'm not exaggerating, the best worship on the planet. Like I'm not exaggerating. Like we have people who go to like other churches who are like really moving forward in the things of God. And you were like, wow, victory is actually like, I can't wait to be back home. Like it's the worship is so good. Not talking down on anybody, but it's just realizing what we have. Like, we have so, such powerful worship. And so when I first started coming around to the Lord and coming to victory, I, like, I, I was, like, all in in worship. Like, I was, like, in the front, like, 
me and my brother would do like radical things. Like the Lord told my brother to like stand around, like turn around and worship and face like the wall or like crazy things like that. You know what I mean? Like, or we run and worship or like lay on your face or like I was just radical. And I like to think that I still am because being radical is awesome. <laughs> so like I said, worship is, is really a time to meet the presence of God, especially if in your own Christianity, you don't necessarily know how to get there yourself yet. Like if you're just, if you just got saved or you're just like coming back to the Lord or whatever, corporate worship is really a time where the worship team and the crowd of seasoned worshipers and lovers of God, we carry each other into the presence of God. And so the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if you need freedom in life, just get into corporate worship. Do not be late. Make it the number one priority of your life and come to the front. Like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. There is more presence of God in the front. Like, is that, is that like heresy? Like, it, it's true. I, I want to say probably because the front is more focused. And it, there's seasons where you have to be in the back. I understand that. You know, like maybe you, you just had a baby or like you're, I don't know whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that you're bad if you're in the back. I'm just saying that like if you want to really experience like deep worship, come to the front and do whatever God tells you to do. Like I remember when like raising my hands was like really a big deal. It was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so weird. But praise the Lord, we have, we have a, f- a culture of like freedom and worship in this house. These were probably my pre-victory days when, oh, when I was in school in Boston, and it was like not, it was a Christian school, but it like wasn't like charismatic, and so we would have like required chapel times, and I was like, okay, if I have to go to chapel, and then we had worship, and I'm like, okay, if I have to go to chapel, like I'm gonna like at least get something out of this, <laughs> so I would go to the front, and like I'd be literally the only one in like a room full of like a thousand people, maybe like three of us would be like up there like lifting our hands. The worship wasn't even that good. I'm sorry. But like, I was like, I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage. And you know what? I, I did get touched because God will always show up when you draw near to Him. But I'm just saying, like, how much more should we be engaging in a house where we have like passionate, heartfelt worship? So challenge yourself. You know, engage in our corporate times of worship because I'm not kidding you. It has changed my life and is continuing to change my life. Every time we, are, we have a corporate worship set, I, th- I do my best to engage and see or hear what the Lord is saying to me. Like, he's always speaking. And so it's just a great way for people to carry you into his presence. And, and it's, it's easy. Like, you don't have to, like, work to get there. You just, like, come in the room and, it, and open up your heart a little bit, and there he is, you know? So I just want to encourage you to really make the most of our corporate worship times because there is a lot of freedom in them. Okay, so that's pretty much it for step one. Am I doing okay for time? Okay, we have two more steps. Step number two is commit and never quit. Commit and never quit. So when... Uh, so when I say commit and never quit, what, what I really mean is just decide you are never going back. Like, and the only, like I said, the only way you can make that kind of commitment with your life is that you love God with all of your heart. And so commit and never quit. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so just decide that you, you're following God no matter what. 
no matter what it looks like, no matter if he asks you to move to Canada. <laughs> I'm still seeking the Lord on why he asked me to move here, but it's all good. Um, I moved to Canada. I'm actually American, and all of you guys think I'm Canadian, but in my heart, I'm American. <laughs> but I work in Buffalo. I live here, and everybody at work thinks I'm Canadian because I live in Canada, but I have to be like, no, I'm actually, like, I was raised in Buffalo, so I get it, like, you know what I mean? Like, I get it, I get Buffalo culture. Okay, but anyways, I love Canada, and I love America, and I love Southern Ontario and Western <laughs> New York. Yeah, okay, so commit and never quit, no matter what it looks like, even if it's like, you know, weird things, or whether it's, you know, radical things, just no matter what it costs, no matter what it looks like, just decide that you're following God. And I have a little note in here, like with, <coughs> are they parentheses? Parentheses. We will all stand before God one day. So what do I mean by, why did I write that in parentheses? Because it, it, it can be a little wake-up call that, like, you're gonna stand before God. Amen. Like, that, that will be a real moment. You know, I think about that a lot. I'm like, one day, you're going to stand before him and give an account of your life. Right. Like, as Christians, we, we don't have to face judgment day as, are you going to heaven or hell? Like, it's not about that, because we already know we're going, like, we're saved, we're going to heaven, we're, we're going to live in eternity with Jesus. And so, judgment day for us will more be, God is going to judge you on, like, the condition of your heart in, in the, the stewarding that you did of your heart. And when you steward your heart correctly, you're going to have, like, good fruit. So that's more what I'm saying, is that, like, we're going to stand before God one day. So, you know, let there be a fear of God in us that, like, to take this life seriously, but not too seriously, like, have fun, but, like, at the same time realize that, like, you know, um, we will stand before him. So, um, under... Number two, commit and never quit. I also want to touch on the topic of leadership and what that means and what that looks like. So leadership is God's design for protecting us. When we get saved or, you know, back into relationship with God, the number one priority of our life as a Christian, other than like passionately like pursuing like relationship with God, the number one, I want to say, action we need to take is finding leadership that we can come under the protection of. Because a lot of the times we don't necessarily know everything. Or, you know, you may feel like you're hearing God on something and leadership is God's design to help you walk that out and get wisdom on this is what I feel like God is calling me to do. Okay, so um, does that make sense? Leadership keeps us safe. So I just want to encourage you guys in that is that when you're looking for or searching for leadership to come underneath you want to, it's really important to find, like, a leader in the kingdom of God that you can trust. So, when you're looking for someone that you can trust, you want to be analyzing the fruit of their life. So, for example, 
do they gossip? Of the 10 years that I have been in this house, I have not heard one word of gossip come from the mouth of our leadership, like pastors. I've never heard it. 10 years. And I've been like in, in like intimate settings with them in their house or like, you know, things like that where it's like there would be like the opportunity to at least like say something bad, but I've never heard it. Like I have never heard one word of, of being, of talking negatively about one person in 10 years. Find me somebody that you can say that about. I can't say that about me like in the past 10 years. God bless Rachel because she's a loyal friend. She helps me. Okay, so anyways, um, yeah, look for fruit. When you're looking for somebody, that's what Jesus said in the Gospels somewhere. He said that you will know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. You will know a tree by its fruit. So when you're looking for leadership that you can trust to let speak into your life, look for fruit. And, and look for somebody who's living a lifestyle that you want to one day live. So it, look, if you want a really deep, close, intimate relationship with God, find somebody who has that. And then let them speak into your life. Let them, you know, say things to you that, you, that aren't necessarily easy to hear. Um, I heard somebody say one time that you are not being properly discipled if you're only ever hearing everything you want to hear. So if you're only ever just being, like, stroked, is that the right word? If you're never hearing things that are challenging you, you're not being properly raised up in the kingdom of God. Because that's what the kingdom of God is kind of about. Like, it's kind of about working out like, the issues in your heart. And so sometimes there's going to be challenging things that we need to hear that are there for our growth. It's not there because leadership is judging us or doesn't love us. That's another thing we need to work out is that like we can't be afraid to hear like leadership speak into our life because it, it's God corrects those whom he loves. God loves us as his children and he wants to raise us up into whole mature people and so the only real way to do that is to sometimes you know challenge us with things. Like those of you who have children, you know, there are times that you have in, in Antioch, and like I've had experience with kids, not my own, but I at least get like the basis of it. Like when a child is misbehaving, you don't just, or like, you know, if you're in Wegmans and there's a parent letting their kids scream all over the floor, like that really like gets to me. <laughs> like pick your kid up and tell them who's the parent. Like why are you letting them run your life? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. There needs to be times where maybe we're that kid like on the floor and, and God needs to, in love and gentleness, tell us, maybe we shouldn't act like that right now. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not like the best thing to be doing. So um, I just want to read to you before we go on to step number three. Are you guys having fun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to read to you um, a couple Bible verses to talk about leadership and coming underneath leadership. So this is the Bible. Okay, Proverbs. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, so you won't necessarily have this unless you can't get it online even. Like, you have to actually have the book. So first person I ask where this gets it. Okay, so <laughs> Proverbs 11:14. People 
lose their way without wise leadership, but will succeed and stand in victory when they have many good counselors to guide them. So Bible, Bible people. Okay, Proverbs 29, 15. Experiencing, get ready. <laughs> 29.15, Proverbs. Experiencing many corrections and rebukes will make you wise. Proverbs 25.12. To humbly receive wise correction adorns your life with beauty. That's why we get more beautiful victory. <laughs> Literally, the Bethel people were here, and they're like, everybody in your church looks like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> We were like, that's because the more we serve Jesus, the more beautiful we become. So, to humbly receive wise correction adorns <laughs> Kylie Jenner, like of all people. That's so funny. If you don't know who she is, please don't go Google it. Okay, Proverbs 25, 12. To humbly receive, I love her though. They're amazing, I do. I love them and they love Jesus and I'm praying them into heaven. Proverbs 25, 12. To humbly receive wise correction adorns your life with beauty and makes you a better person. Proverbs 24, 6, side note, you do sometimes have celebrities in your heart. Like Emma has a celebrity that she intercedes for weekly. And have you have dreams about her? Like that's a real thing. And that's what, where the body of Christ needs to head. We, are, we have a culture of honor. We pull the gold out of people. Do not talk down on celebrities. They are made in the image of God. Okay? So if you're a prayer and you feel that, follow your heart. Okay. Proverbs 25, 12, to humbly, how are we going to stand before kings? Like if all that's come out of our mouth is, that's so good. Is, is, is talking down on them, right? Okay, so Proverbs 24, 6, with many astute advisors, you'll see the path to victory more clearly. Good, right? Do you want me to keep reading because I have like another page of these? Okay. Proverbs, oh, I already said that one. Proverbs 23, 12. Pay close attention to the teachings that correct you and open your heart to every word of instruction. Proverbs 22, 13. Rebellion is woven into a young, loose heart, but tough discipline will make you into a man. Woman. man. Proverbs 21, 11. The wise are teachable. Teachable. Oh, you just told me something really good that Dr. Caseman told you. Sandy was like, in his teachable way, asking Dr. Caseman, why do people walk away from Jesus? And one of the reasons was they lose their teachable heart, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's very important to stay teachable because if you're getting off, leadership is there to guide you. And if you can't hear it, you're gonna, you, you might go off in that way. That's, that's not right. So we need to stay teachable out of like protection for ourselves. Proverbs 21:11. Oh, I said that. The wise are teachable. Maybe the Lord wants us to hear it again. Proverbs 16:13. Leaders love to hear godly counsel. Proverbs 15:22. Your plans will fall apart right in front of you. <clears throat> That's so harsh. They will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you first seek out multiple counselors, you will watch your plans succeed. Mm. Proverbs 14.8. The wisdom of the wise will keep life right on track. Mm, that's good. Proverbs 13.18. Poverty and disgrace comes to the one who refuses to hear correction. 
but the one who is easy to correct is on the path of honor. Okay, just like two more, three more. Proverbs 13, 2. A wise son or daughter desires discipline. Like you actually want it. Like me and Sandy were saying that the other day. We're like, sometimes it hurts, but it feels so good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like not always easy to hear correction, but sometimes, like if you embrace it, you're like, oh, this actually feels good and it's what I need. Okay, so Proverbs 10, 17. If you readily receive correction, you are walking on the path to life, but if you reject rebuke, you are guaranteed to go astray. The Bible says guaranteed, guys, yeah. so we might want to take that seriously. Yeah, Proverbs 12.1, to learn the truth, you must long to be teachable, or you can despise correction and remain ignorant. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> it's, it's freedom. I'm telling you, these are the steps to freedom, people, okay? So I think that's all for um, number two. Just, oh, just to really, just because it's called commit and never quit, to really just be a person who lives a lifestyle of commitment. Live a lifestyle of commitment. Be a person of resolve and determination. That no matter what it takes, no matter what it costs you, you are never going to quit. That's Rachel's MO. She's always like, if somebody's like, you know, discouraged, just I just tell them, don't ever quit. Like, because <laughs> that's really been like your story is to just really never, never, never quit. Never give up because if you keep on showing up to the presence of God and you keep on hearing the word, it will produce in your life. That's what the word of God says. The word of God does not return void. So if you keep putting it in and you keep putting it in and you keep putting it in, you will walk in freedom, okay? So just to touch on that a little bit more, we'll go into step number three, actually consume the word. Just touching on that, um, consuming the word and consuming the word and consuming the word and how it does not return void. You know, a lot of the times we can face discouragement or disappointment. You know, sometimes you can feel like, God, where are you? <laughs> like, I know you're here, but really, where are you? Like, does, is that, am I the only, does you guys? <laughs> okay. Um, so really, what do we do with discouragement? So into step number three now, consume the word get the truth into our hearts. What do we do with discouragement? Um, what do we do? Do any of you know? <laughs> so what do we do with discouragement? Hebrews 6.12 says, through faith, which is leaning on God with absolute trust and confidence in him and his power, through faith and patient endurance, we are now inheriting the promises of God. So when we're discouraged, what do we do? We just go to the word. Get in the presence of God, yes, but we need the word of God to remind us of the promises of God. <clears throat> you know, a lot of the times there can be things that we're believing the Lord for and you can feel like, oh, what is taking so long? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there can be this element of time where for some reason time can discourage us. And God is probably like, it's just time. Like, why let that get to you? You know what I mean? Like, it's just time between what God says and, and receiving it in the fullness. Like, it's just time. And so a lot of the time, Time can, you know, get us down or knock us off our feet or whatever, but 
it's, there's, there's just kind of a realizing that in Christianity and in believing God for things, there's almost like a contentment that we can, it would benefit us to learn how to walk in of when, when Pastor Ian says it, it's like the, what, the frustration gap. Sorry, Pastor Ian. I did know it. <laughs> um, the frustration gap, like, when we're in between the promise and the manifestation, there can be discouragement. And so a lot of the time it's just realizing that there is the element of time. And to learn how to enjoy the journey and learn how to just be content. Like there's some things that I'm believing for. Where, where is Amy? Is she not in here? Oh, there she is. So me and Amy are building a house together. And she's, well, she's not building it. She's moving in with me. And it's been a three, four-year journey um, for me, but it's making progress in Jesus' name. And um, I've been living with the interns at Derby, and it's been amazing because I've gotten really close to the girls living there, and we've been developing amazing relationships. But when you're 29 and single, you sometimes don't want to live in a dorm. I am thankful, though, in my heart of hearts, I am, because it's been what I needed, and God, the righteous are never forsaken, and he gives us what we need. But it's been a longer journey than I initially wanted it to be, so how do we stay encouraged in, you know, that aspect of things taking longer than we want? We just need to come back to the word, really. We just need to come back to it and just realize that, you know, life is a journey, Freedom is a journey. Walking out, you know, the promises of God, it is a journey. You know, it's a process. That's maybe the thing that we need to learn to embrace so that we enjoy our lives more, is that, you know, freedom is a process. Like, it really, really, really is. And I think it's just learning to enjoy the little moments of life. You know, because sometimes, like, I was, I was sitting with Rachel and Ellen and a couple other girls at a dinner the other night, <coughs> and I, we were kind of going around the table talking about, like, what, what is the Lord teaching us right now? Like, we sometimes will do that. We'll be like, what's, what's on your heart? Like, you know, because it helps us to process through what life, what's going on. And so we were processing through, and Ellen said something really amazing, and it, it, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Is she in here? Oh, yeah. Shout out to Ellen and A.V. <laughs> the things that come out of Ellen's mouth are always very wise. And so she said, I'm done living in the future. And, okay, we don't want to get in a ditch with this because we need vision and we need hope. But at the same time, we don't want to be living there so much that we're not living in now. And so there's a, a learning and a maturing in our hearts that we would benefit us to learn of how to, like, live in the moment and enjoy this moment right now. It's going to be awesome when me and Amy, and our beautiful life together is unfolding <laughs> before our eyes. I got a beautiful pistachio-colored KitchenAid mixer that I'm not opening until I move. I'm saving it. Do you guys know what a KitchenAid mixer is? Yeah. I'm believing Lord for the ice cream attachment. That's like <laughs> my number one thing that I'm gonna be purchasing soon. And so the ice cream attachment, so you can come to my house and have homemade ice cream. I'm already thinking about flavors in my mind. So, you know, there's things that 
we are excited to do one day. Like I'm excited one day to live in my house. I'm excited one day to maybe raise a family there or maybe another house, who knows. But you know, these things that like we're excited for in life, but I don't want to so much be thinking about all the time when that happens that like I'm in, I'm in today. You know what I mean? And like, I got to get out of bed today and go to work and live life today. And I don't, I want to be able to enjoy it. And that's actually a scripture in the Bible that says, Jesus came (laughs) that we would have life and enjoy life. John 10.10. Yeah, I have it written down somewhere. Maybe can we get it up? Because I don't know where I put it in my notes. John 10.10. Jesus came, is it up? No? Is it there? Yay! Is that Alan? Round of applause for Alan. Oh, it's Aaron. Well, Alan's back there, so let's give her a round of applause. Okay, so the thief does not come except to steal. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Do we have the message translation also because that's a really good one? Yeah, we do. Okay, you don't have to read this one. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Do you think that means right now Or do you think it means one day in the sweet by and by? (laughs) One day, life is going to be good. I think freedom means that we enjoy every day of life. You know, there is a song that is like from the 90s or something that says, Every day with you, Lord. Emma, we should get you up and sing it. (laughs) Every day with you, Lord, is sweeter than the day before. Sweeter or better than the day before. And so I I would say that that's my testimony, is that since coming to victory and and really committing my life through the good times and the bad times, you know, since being here for 10 years, I would say that honestly every year of my life has gotten better than the year before. And it's not always easy. It's not always, you know, the, the easiest path to take to commit to something, but when you do and you really commit to, to Christianity and what that means, God really does birth freedom in your heart and you really do begin to enjoy life more and more. Like me and Danielle, <laughs> she's watching. Um, we have this thing where like our favorite thing to do in the world besides like spend time with Jesus, our favorite thing to do on the planet is to run Sunday afternoon errands in the summertime with our windows down in an iced coffee and just like run around to Trader Joe's and like play my latest like Spotify playlists and just like drive around and just enjoy life. (laughs) And I was actually doing that the other day. She was like, oh. I wish I could do that because she had like something else to do. But it's just like, you know, that, that's just like a little glimpse into my life <laughs> is that, you know, the little everyday moments of life where you're running errands in your little car. I just got a new car last year. Jesus is good. Oh, remember we wrote down those like 
last year, I think it was like the year of the yeah. great, yeah. it wasn't this year, it was last year. We wrote down like everything, Pastor Joss and Pastor Mike handed out those little cards. Yeah. And it was like, write down everything that you're believing in the Lord for. One of mine was a new car. And I got it. And one of mine was a new job. Wow. And I got that. Yeah, so God is good. My, um, since coming to Victory and faith, I faithfully have been tithing for 10 years. My income has increased on the books every year. Even when I chose to do VSR. I went from a full-time job to a part-time job, and I still made more. So all of you thinking about doing VSR, God is, he is not limited, like in any way. It pays, literally pays to obey God. So my income, that's my confession, increases every year. So that being said, you know, there's, there's a walk that we can, can learn to walk in, and it's really what I think freedom is, is just enjoying everyday moments of life. You know, because there's, there's things that we're believing for, there's houses, cars, families, businesses, all those types of things that we're believing for, but, you know, a lot of the times it can be like, where is the joy in today, you know? And that's not fun. Like, it's not fun or enjoyable to be living life in that place. And so, me and Rachel, actually, I think, Rachel, you coined this, but we always, like, when we get together, we're just, we're, again, like, we're always, 95% of the time, we're laughing. <laughs> but, and that's just part of freedom. Like, we used to not have that. But, like, literally now, I think all we do is laugh. Like, we were, you were running errands with me on Sunday. You got to come into my special moment. We were just having a dance party in the car. And um, it was just a really great moment. And so we, we always say, like, 95% of the time we're laughing, but 5% of the time we're, like, talking about God. It's probably not that ratio. Like, it's either talking about God or we're laughing. And so when we talk about God and what God is doing and just like, cause we've been together on this journey. Like I've been friends with Rachel, best friends with Rachel since 20 years, for 20 years. So that's a long time cause I'm only 29. So that means we, we became friends at nine. We've known each other, we've known each other that long. So we've been through a lot of life together and you know, we've, it's, it's been cool to witness like freedom happening in each other's lives and God's, blessed us financially and like gotten us like you just just awesome like great things you know just beautiful things like physical things like nice cars and nice jobs and just you know fun clothes like I'm sorry but like let's be real like it, it, it's great to be blessed it feels good to be free and be able to do the things you want to do like we got to go like you got to go to so many amazing trips last year you know all these just great things that like God increases your life and you know it's just it's just been cool to see God increase us and bring freedom into our life because we've known each other like she's seen me at my worst <laughs> I was not nice in high school like I was not nice but we won't go there um I wanted to break up with Rachel like <laughs> Normally people only do that like with boyfriends and girlfriends, but I just like was so rude. I was just like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. But that was because I was, whatever, we won't go there. 
but we're still friends and it's great. And so me and Rachel, when we're talking about God, she always says like, with God, like there are, there's sacrifice. Like it is sacrifice to commit your life to the kingdom of God. But in the end of the day, you get to have your cake and eat it too. Like that's what we always say. Because God like will require things of you. It will be a sacrifice, but it's only because he wants to give you what you really want. I was talking to the Lord, spending time with the Lord. I was like, I couldn't sleep one night. I was like up at this, it was so not me. Like I was up at midnight and I'm like, wide awake. (laughs) And if you know me, like I'm normally out in literally five seconds. I was wide awake at night in my bed and I'm like, well, I'll just like maybe spend time in prayer. And so I started spending time with the Lord and ended up spending like a couple hours with him. Like it was really, really good and really what I needed. And I was just like, God, like, are you, you know, I feel like you're not with me. Like there's things in life that are taking a really long time. And it makes me feel like you're not with me. And it makes me feel like you don't, you're not really for me and you don't really want to give me what I really want. But that's a lie because the Bible says that um, God, delight yourself in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. That's a promise. I had that written down too. Why can't I find it in my notes? Um, I just found a really good version of that and I wanted to read it to you. But I can't find it. It's okay. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so, like I said, I was spending time with him a couple, maybe like a week ago. And I was like, God, like what, I just need you to speak to me. Like, I know what the word says. I know that it says, like, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the, the desires of your heart. But I need to hear, like, I need to hear the, the words from your mouth. Like, you know, and, and that's part of just like intimacy with God is being able to talk to him about things in life that are whatever, getting us down or whatever. And so when I was spending time with him, I, he, I felt like he said to me, or he did say to me, that, Julia, it's just because I'm giving you what you really want. And a lot of the time, that takes time. And we need to be okay with that. And in the trusting God, in being patient, and enduring, enduring, enduring the process um there there is still joy there still is joy and so if you maybe feel like there's a greater level of joy that you could tap into because that is part of freedom freedom is really just peace and joy like okay it's all making sense now because remember dr kaufman said that Olivia was going to be prophetic and her name means peace and joy and that's what God is doing so let's just close our eyes Pastor Jess we love you and we love Olivia she really is prophetic to this house peace and joy that's really in a nutshell what I'm talking about tonight is freedom and in freedom there is peace and joy for every moment of life. And that is what Jesus 
gave his life for. Yes, he gave his life so that we could be reconciled to the Father and go to heaven, but he gave his life so that we could live in peace and joy right now. In the everyday moments of life, whether it's running errands in your car, sipping a nice coffee, just enjoying the sunshine, or whether it's just taking a walk at night with your significant other, just enjoying each other's company, or reading a book with a cup of tea, sitting on your favorite chair. There's just, there is joy in life, in everyday moments of life. And I feel like what God wants for us is to just receive that right now in this moment and tonight is to just receive just the rest of, of this season because it is a new season and there is, there is newness. That's what we keep hearing. There's newness. And so there, there is a new hunger for God and there is a new level of peace and joy and freedom and so I'm just going to pray over you guys Father God we thank you for this moment we thank you for your presence we thank you that just like Blake said to us this is the year of Emmanuel that's what the Holy Spirit released through him over the year this is the year of Emmanuel and that means that God is with us in everyday moments of life. Yes, God is faithful, and like he said to me, we are gonna get what we really want. We are gonna get our dreams. We are. We are going to get everything we desire, big and small. Everything, every little desire, every big desire, we're going to get those things because God is taking us on a one-way journey to our dreams but in the process of life there is enjoyment and peace and freedom and so father i thank you right now in this moment you can just lift your hands because i feel like heat that is being released right now father we thank you for this divine moment we thank you for your presence we thank you for your joy and your strength a whole new appreciation for life that even we would taste food more and sip coffee and enjoy it more that we would laugh more as a house father we thank you that laughter is medicine i thank you for every discouraged heart right now in jesus name i thank you for joy I thank you for strength. I thank you, Lord, that the joy of the Lord, it is our strength. As Christians, we have the joy of the Lord. And I thank you that it is our strength. I thank you for peace. I thank you, Father. I thank you for peace and all that that means, God. I thank you that your peace, your word says that your peace surpasses all understanding. I thank you for your peace. 
I thank you for your joy, Lord. I just pray that over every heart right now. Joy and peace and strength, God. I thank you for joy and peace and strength, God, and all that that means. I thank you for this new season that you've brought us into, God. I thank you for a new hunger for you. I thank you, as we've talked about these steps tonight, this step one of falling in love with God, I thank you for a whole new hunger for you in this season, God. I thank you for the discipline of learning how to spend every day with you in your word and in your presence, Lord. I thank you for that discipline over us as a people. I thank you, Lord God, that we learn how to come under leadership and, and to be teachable and, and to grow, Father. I thank you for that. And I thank you, as we talked about in step three, where we fill ourselves with your word, God, where it gives us strength and, and it eradicates discouragement, God. I thank you for a new strength in this season, God, I thank you for a new strength and a new joy. God, I thank you that we would be the happiest group of people on the planet, Lord. I thank you for that, that that would be our testimony, God, that we would be people who laugh every day, who laugh every day. I thank you in our services for an outbreak of laughter. I thank you, Lord God. We claim that as a house. We claim the joy of the Lord over us as a people and over us as a house, God. God, I speak to everything that has brought discouragement to us as a people, and I thank you that you wash it away, God. You wash it away. You wash away discouragement, God. God, I thank you. I thank you for the strength of your promises, Lord God. I thank you for strength, and I thank you for joy, and I thank you for peace, Lord. I thank you that we would, we would be people who enjoy every day with you, God. That that would be our testimony. That every day with you is sweeter and is better than the day before, God. I thank you that our testimony as a house is that we are becoming more and more happy. We are becoming more and more joyful every year. As the years go by, God, I thank you that we grow. I thank you that we grow, that there's no such thing as a stagnant life in this house, God. But I thank you that every person experiences growth and experiences joy and experiences hope and peace in you, God. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that strength and that joy. I thank you for it, Lord God. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. I thank you that you are with us, and I thank you that you are aligning everything in our lives so that we are gonna get everything we want. We are gonna get every little desire, every dream. I thank you that you solidify that in our hearts, Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for your strength, your peace. We lift up pastors to you right now, God. We thank you that you fill them, God. I thank you for a crystal clear clarity to be able to hear your voice. God, we just tell you that we want you to have your way in us as a house. I thank you that this is a Holy Spirit-led house. God, we just tell you, have, our, have your way. Even right now, God, we just say, have your way in us as a house, as a church. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our, in our lives, Lord. Whatever it looks like, whatever you ask us to do, just have your way in this house, Lord. Have your way, have your way. We thank you, Lord.